Hello and welcome to this latest CM podcast. I'm Anthony Myers and today I talk to Florent Clare, Coordinator of Partnerships for Sustainability at UPL, a global leader in sustainable agriculture products for the cocoa sector. UPL acquired Arista Life Sciences in 2019 and has just announced it has become an associate member of the European Cocoa Association. Arista has been a member of the WCF since 2015 and is also a member of the Cocoa Forest Initiative. Florence explains how the merger strengthens its partnership with the cocoa industry. Take a listen. UPL you know, acquired Arista in uh, 2019. Um, so if you could just tell me what, what are the benefits of that merger? You know, what's, what does it now bring to the cocoa sector, would you say? Yeah, so... Um... It is a, a very uh, complementary uh, merger. So it, it's actually an acquisition eh, from uh, UPL. Uh, so UPL acquired uh, Arista Life Science uh, back in 2019, end of 2019. Um, but Arista Life Science has been present, was present in the West Africa region for more than 30 years, uh, 35 years uh, in total. Um, and so. It's, it's a great merger because it will help us uh, reinforce our efforts uh, in terms of sustainability because the two companies had a, a shared vision, but now we come with uh, even more ambition and, and I would say uh, more, more power and uh, also a larger uh, portfolio of solutions. So it has um, increased the size of our uh, solutions uh, that we can uh, offer to the, to the cocoa sector. So there is really this, this shared vision on, uh, on sustainability um, to grow uh, the world's cocoa supply uh, sustainably. And there's this, this shared belief that uh, we can achieve more when we work together. Uh, so uh, when, when UPL uh, acquired Arista, I think that um, they were really, really uh, excited to see uh, the, the great work we had been leading in, in West. Central Africa for, for the last 30 years, and, and the merging of our offering uh, combined range of uh, biosolutions, uh, inputs and services uh, has allowed us to reach uh, uh, even more farmers now. Uh, the idea is to, to really extend our, our offering to uh, as much uh, farmers as possible and uh, have a, an even deeper impact uh, on the field. So um, we hope that this, this will just reinforce the, 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 the technical partnership we can offer to the, to the cocoa industry. Okay. And, uh, of course, Arista has been a, a member of the World Cocoa Foundation since uh, 2015. And, as you say, uh, there's been a presence there for 35 years. Um, so um, w- can you explain a little bit about OpenAG uh, platform and, and UPL's work now as a technical partner for the cocoa industry? And how does it benefit farmer engagement? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, you know, UPL uh, in West Africa is, uh, has been there for, for more than 35 years. And uh, the first, uh, our first role is to provide uh, innovative solutions and techniques uh, to the, the farming world. Um, and that's the first reason why we decided to join the, the World Cocoa Foundation as a member along, alongside the other cocoa industry players. 
so I think we were probably the first agro uh, in, agrochemical industry to, to join the, the WCS uh, at that yes. time uh with the idea of uh, really providing uh sharing our, our first our expertise of the of the local value chain our, our deep knowledge understanding of uh, the, the farming world the cocoa farming world and our, our latest uh, innovative uh, solutions um so we uh, through our long term presence we, we we are really the witnesses of of the pain points of of uh, the the farming the cocoa farming world and and the, the cocoa value chain in general and so we have been able to develop what we call the an integrated offer of products and services uh so it's, it's really a multifaceted approach uh, a, a range of services and support solution to support the efforts of the cocoa industry in um the uh, implementation of their sustainability programs. So the, the, the real, really the, the, the idea that the, and the offer that we bring is to um, have improved income for the farmer, but also positive uh, impact on the environment and uh, positive impact on the sustainability pain points of the, of the value chain. Okay, so we, we do a lot of uh, uh, technical support on the field as well, uh, training, uh, yeah, knowledge sharing, uh, good good uh, great practices, uh, uh, promotion, and and stewardship also. Stewardship is really the essential uh, in in the, the the offer we we have have a dedicated program for that uh, to to train end users on the on the safe and and good use of of our products. Make sure they protect themselves, protect the environment, and um, have a good return on investment. Okay, thank you. So, um, okay, yeah. so yeah, we're just moving on. What's, what's the company's contribution along these lines to the uh, cocoa and forest initiative then as well? What do you do there? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the signing of the cocoa and forest initiative was just uh, a natural uh, next step for us yes. because. Um, being involved as a technical partner on a daily basis with the cocoa industry, we just felt that, okay, this initiative makes a lot of sense to us because it's also what we do on a daily basis. And so we're, we're still the, the only agrochemical company to have signed this initiative. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, our, our commitment uh, for this CFI in particular is to to train uh, 16,500 farmers in uh, good agric practices in yes. Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire uh, by 2022, and and also uh, provide um, financial products for 607,000 uh, farmers in, in the same uh, two countries. That's uh, really where uh, we bring our value. Uh, of course, we're uh, also not involved in the um, cocoa supply chain directly uh, we don't uh, own the beans at no point mm -hmm. but so uh, we try to make a significant contribution where we can have an impact uh, which means uh, mostly training and and uh, financial services uh, for the products okay thank you I'm um, moving on to a couple of issues mm -hmm. now that um, that uh, Currently, having I would imagine an impact on the on the cocoa sector, especially you, you're speaking to me from Cote d'Ivoire. Um, those are the the COVID pandemic and the living income differential. And I just first of all, um, the COVID uh, pandemic. Um, 
Are you seeing any any difficulties there? You know, on the ground with with the UPL, uh, with the UPL's work that it does. Well, well. So to be honest, um, here locally in West Africa, uh, in in the agri sector, uh, I don't think we felt uh, the hard effects of the COVID very recently. Um, you know that. Africa has shown a lot of resilience to yes. to the COVID, yes, yes, yes. and also the fact that um, we mostly work with very smallholder farmers. Mm. Uh, they tend to also uh, adapt themselves uh, very well to uh, external shocks. Um, but um, the truth is, um, now uh, we can really feel um, the downtrend of uh, the big markets uh, like cocoa and, and cotton. Um, that are doing uh, uh, a lot of harm to um, all the value chain, and so including us, of course. Um, so we can really see the effects now. Um, so last year, outside the logistics, um, uh, the slowdown of the logistics, uh, we we didn't feel a lot of difficulties. But we, of course, uh, made uh, our efforts to. Uh, Share some um, sanitation kits with the with the poorest communities in, in in West Africa, and and our partnership with the the Heart Fund uh, enabled us to to supply these uh, to the Cocoa Ivory Ivory Coast uh, states. Uh, but um, apart from that, no, not 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 a lot of effect last year. But it's really now that we can feel the effort the effect on the on the economy. Absolutely, the and that's, economy yeah, that, that's my other question. I, I, from what I gather, you know, the cocoa is kind of, you know, being st uh, the problem with the, the with COVID is that, you know, the uh, the demand has gone down slightly, so cocoa is being stuck at ports because destination ports aren't accepting cocoa for whatever reason or imports, um, and that's affecting the price. And then we've got the whole living income differential as well. That's um, Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana have introduced. Um, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, it's not your area as such, I know, but um, the, the the living income differential is it having is it having a good a good effect, or is it too early to say yet uh, what what this uh, this strategy will, will yeah. the outcome will be? Yeah, no, it's it's true that it's it's a bit uh, it's a bit uh, beyond uh, my, my my scope of of work, but um, I think it's 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 it seems quite obvious that yes, we need to defend the farmers' voice and 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 we need to improve the uh, their remuneration uh, because it's it's obviously the the first base of of sustainability. It's it's hard to to, to talk about sustainability. When uh, most of them uh, are living on on less than one dollar a day, so uh, yes. it's yes. Uh, on on the one side, it's it's obvious that we need to improve that. Um, now, how do we improve that uh, is another question, and um, I think by um, by introducing the the living income differential, uh, Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire are, are trying their best to uh, to improve uh, the, the farmer situation, uh, mm. but um, it just could see that uh, uh, maybe uh, more dialogue and, and, and more time would have facilitated the implementation of this scheme and not, not created this 
these uh, frustrating situations that we we, uh, we witnessed uh, this year. But yes. um, uh, in 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 that sense, we uh, we try also to to, to bring our our our, uh, our contribution to to the efforts, uh, increasing uh, access to finance, increasing. Uh, Access to uh, innovative inputs to 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 improve farmer incomes, uh, which which remain uh, core pillars of our of our work really. Um, so it's it's um, it's not only about uh, uh, the, um, changing the the rules of uh, uh, international economy. I think it's uh, also about changing the way uh, cocoa is grown. In these areas that will ultimately improve uh, the situation of the farmer and, and, and the income generation for the farmer. Uh, that's why we introduce all these uh, productivity projects to grow more cocoa on less land and, and also uh, a lot of support in terms of uh, income diversification. It's, um, it's more cocoa on less land, it's also more income on less land. Uh, with as far as different crops and uh, agroforestry schemes, uh, we try to promote as well. I think my, my final question to you was, was going to be what what do you think the cocoa sector will look like in West Africa in ten years' time? But I guess you know some of those uh, some of those uh, uh, subjects that you just mentioned. Um, you know, if, if they were implemented, how, how do you think? Do you, what 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 will be the big shift? Do you think in uh, in, in the cocoa sector in, in the region that you're working in? <laughs> yeah. It's a broad question. What it will be, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but what, yeah. what it should be, uh, yes. I, I can share what, what, what's Please my do. vision yes. for, for the, the future of, of the cocoa sector. And yeah, I, I feel that we, we really have reached a certain level of, of maturity in terms of what sustainability means and, and, and how much we are ready to uh, commit ourselves for for a more sustainable uh, cocoa sector, including uh, less uh, child labor, uh, uh, more forests, and uh, more cocoa on less land. So, mm -hmm. uh, but beyond that, I would say that, um, that, that there's there's a clear need for for a shift uh, towards uh, regenerative agriculture, what we call regenerative agriculture. It's, Agriculture that has a net uh, positive effect on uh, CO2 emission and, and environment, um, instead of uh, this old um, mining agriculture model that tends to only uh, take uh, the nutrients and, and the space uh, from from the nature and, and without giving back. So that that's what I would call a, an agroecologically intensive agriculture. Uh, or, or cocoa farming uh, sector that uh, that I hope we can achieve uh, in in ten years time. Great. And okay. and and I think also to go back to this question of yes. farmer income, okay. it's a, a very important shift would would be that farmers uh, at some point should be recognized, and I would even say incentivized and rewarded for their positive contribution to. Um, uh, you know, environment protection, uh, greenhouse gases uh, emission uh, reduction, and, and uh, global warming limitation uh, globally. Uh, I think if we can work more on these uh, payments for environmental services, um, kind of uh, 
a project uh, that that would make a lot of sense and uh, through the the, the, the sustainable uh, yield enhancing technologies that we developed and also we work on some uh, digital solutions to to facilitate access to these emerging uh, PES uh, carbon markets uh, for the for the end user farmers, it has to come back to to the pocket of the end user farmers uh, at some point, and this could be a great way of benefiting both the environment and the farmer himself. So um, that's uh, that's what I would hope for the for the future of the local sector. And on that note, Florent, that's a very positive um, your, uh, uh, yeah. positive note, <laughs> and it's a great insight. Optimistic, that that. very optimistic as well. Let's hope so. Um, Florian, it's been lovely talking to you. My pleasure.